0: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to
1: businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Business of Design. This is episode number 112, and we're going to talk about what not to do. (laughs) I didn't mean for this episode to sound negative. I guess I have chosen a title that does sort of sound negative, but trust me when I tell you I recognize myself in every single example. And as a matter of fact, Sharon Laxon and Yvonne van der Kooij are two advocates for the industry, real advocates. They have been doing this for a long time, both former interior designers, but a decade ago, they started a designers-only showroom in Vancouver called Layers and Layers. Since that time, they have worked tirelessly to serve our community, and along the way, boy, have they seen it all. They have a front row seat to designers and our process, or in some cases, a lack thereof. So, I wanted to know how, given their vantage point, we could be more efficient, effective, and profitable as designers, how we could use our suppliers better to do our jobs better. And our intention when we started the show was to simply focus on efficiencies. I'm not sure what happened, but we got off on this tangent, which turned into really what not to do. Again, I want to be really clear. Every single example of what not to do is something I have done personally, myself. So trust me when I tell you, if you haven't done these things or you're not doing them currently, skip them, go straight past them and head straight to what to do. Save yourself years of grief. This conversation I had with Sharon and Yvonne really has reminded me of the tremendous resource I have available to me with every single member of my A-team. So often designers think my A-team refers only to a general contractor, a plumber, an electrician, but suppliers are part of your A-team and I can use these professionals to get information which is going to help me run my business more efficiently, more effectively, and more profitably. However, here's the catch. I have to ask them for help. I have to understand that maybe I don't know everything. I have to slow down. I have to check in with them. And I have to say, listen, I have this idea. This is what I think I want to order. What do you think? Is this my best option? I have to give them enough information so that the information they give me back is thorough. The truth is, certainly for myself, I do not fully use my resources. I am usually busy rushing from job to job or task to task. That may sound like you as well. And when I do reach out to a supplier, I'm usually just barking an order at them. I need this. I need it now. How often do I really take a breath and say, hello, Miss Supplier, how are you? This is what I am ordering today. This is what it's for. This is the situation. Have I got all my facts straight here? What do you think? Is this my best option? And of course, I can't ever do that when I'm ordering from some anonymous assistant through a generic online resource. But I can do it in those instances where I'm working directly with a real person at a real company where the owner needs to succeed in order to feed his or her family. You know what I mean? Recently, I was able to go back to a supplier where a price increase had happened and ask them as a favor to me to honor the original price. They didn't owe me this. The rules were, they quoted, the quote was good for 30 days. The client received the presentation, said yes to the estimate, but we were slow to place the order. And in the meantime, the price went up and it amounted to $2,500. Having that relationship with that supplier saved me $2,500, which saved my client $2,500. And you can bet this week when we do our weekly update, I will tell the client, by the way, there was a price increase, but our supplier was able to honor it for us. So I'm thrilled about that. We also now recognize we need to add to every single one of our estimates some verbiage that says something like, prices subject to increase by suppliers. And that will really protect us in future if that happens again. When I'm working with a generic company or an online resource where I don't have a person who is managing my account, there's no one I can talk to about that. There is going to be no help forthcoming. One of the themes I touched on with the women of layers and layers had to do with confidence. And you know at Business of Design, our motto is, systems equal confidence. But of course, if you're new to the industry or you don't have systems in place, you're not there yet. I understand that. But I did a variety of things before I knew better that really underscored my lack of confidence. So for example, um, Sharon and Yvonne mentioned that they sometimes see a designer in their showroom sourcing something, say a sofa, and they'll take a picture of the sofa and they'll text it to a client and say, what do you think? That is really poor practice and I used to do it myself. Part of the reason I used to do it is because I wanted the client to know I was busy working on her behalf. But more importantly, if I'm being honest with myself, I wanted affirmation that I was on the right track and I wanted someone else to share the responsibility with me. In other words, if the client didn't ultimately like it, I could go back and say, but you approved it. You said you liked it. And quite honestly, you can say that to a customer, but that is not going to win you friends. There really is no way that I've been able to discover to not take full, complete responsibility for the project and make a solid, singular recommendation to the client, giving them all the facts, other than presenting the whole house top to bottom all at once, including pricing. And this is interesting. Did you know there's an under-earners anonymous U.A.? Think about that for a minute. That's a thing. People who limit themselves, who have fear around asking for what they need or asking for what they're worth, there are so many people like that, that they actually have an under-earners anonymous. And fear is so big sometimes that it keeps us small, right? An acronym I love for fear, false evidence appearing real. I fear the client's reaction to a big price tag. I think she's going to freak out. That is false evidence appearing real. And staying in that place of scarcity and fear keeps me small. That really doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve the customer. It doesn't serve my family. It certainly doesn't serve our community. It's really worth any amount of effort to define your value and own it. To know it, to understand it, to articulate it. Because if you can't, then you are never going to be able to transmit that value to a client. And every single touch point your client has with your brand should speak to that value. I hope you'll tell us what you think of this episode. Again, I really did not mean this to sound negative, but rather I wanted us to have a conversation about how we can spot behaviors that might be keeping us small and then step up and ask for more for ourselves and for our community. I told you that Yvonne and Sharon run Layers and Layers for the last 10 years in Vancouver, and they are advocates for the industry. Their idea with Opening Layers was to provide a place where designers could come and use them as a sounding board to streamline their procedures, creating more efficiencies, to limit the number of steps designers have to take in order to source the beautiful products they want to show to their clients, and truly to mentor designers and help us run better businesses. I have turned to them over the years many times for business advice, and always found that invaluable. I can't imagine working on any project where I didn't source some beautiful fabrics, beautiful wallpaper, exquisite furniture, things that I would be proud to have my name on. And that's part of our conversation as well. You know, give your clients the opportunity to really know and experience luxury. Don't deny that. We're going to jump right into the episode. Cheryl's taking the day off, so I'm going to quickly do announcements. Yes, absolutely. You simply must come to Santa Monica Business of Design Elite Retreat. We've had so many people ask us if please, oh please, pretty please, could we open up registration again, but allow them to pay 50% now and the balance later. So yes, we have responded to that question because we had it so frequently. You can pay 50% now of $1,400 and you can pay the balance later. We have 12 spots available. We hope to fill them in the next three weeks and then close the retreat. If you are ready to take your business to the next level, if you want to surround yourself with a mature community who are working systems and procedures and fine-tuning those systems and procedures, if you want to fast-track to better business practices, then I hope you will join us for the Business of Design Elite Retreat, October 24th to 27th. We will be exploring Santa Monica, Venice Beach, which is on fire lately because Google moved in and so we've got in the last couple of years so many new restaurants and shops and galleries and uh, lots of beautiful things to share with you there. And you will be, by the way, going into some private homes, seeing where designers and architects live and getting some exclusive tours. I will be taking you to some of my favorite places in the whole world, places I go to time and time again. Our goal at Business of Design is to not just meet your expectations, but to exceed them. So we would love to have you join us, October 24th to 27th. uh, Details on the website. Reach out to Cheryl at businessofdesign.com right away to save your place. And then we're going to ask you what you need so we can tailor the learnings to you. I'd also like to ask the community a favor. If you know a lawyer who could advise us on how to navigate the changing world of project management, we want to meet that lawyer. We are looking for someone who can speak to us about how we can provide general construction services in a capacity that protects us and honors the client how we can make money and know that we are living within the law. And we are focusing initially on North America. So we are looking for a U.S. and or Canadian lawyer who can help us with these questions, someone who specializes in renovation, someone who's scrappy and wants to help us figure this out. Because so many of you ask us, how can I manage the plumber and the electrician when I'm renovating a bathroom if I'm not a contractor? And the truth is, we just don't have that answer. We want to get that answer such a lot of exciting things happening at Business of Design. Thank you so much for your support and your enthusiasm and your love. We appreciate it. And uh, on to the episode, you are going to hear a couple of beeps. I'm sorry, this seems to be two in a row where we heard some beeping. Uh, But this time it appears to be from the computer. Perhaps somebody was getting a message and we didn't notice it during the interview. So I'm going to be more aware of it in future and uh, try to avoid it. But anyway, a few little beeps won't bother us. There's a lot of good stuff here. Thank you so much to Sharon and Yvonne for being on the show. And thank you so much for listening.
1: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Seldon. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too.
0: These are two of my favorite people in the whole world, Yvonne and Sharon from Layers and Layers in Vancouver. How are you guys today?
2: Good morning. Great. Hi.
0: What friends? How are
2: you? Oh, I'm
0: so good and so happy to talk to you because you guys have been such great friends to the industry and have done so much for designers in your area who use your trade services to improve their businesses. And I thought you guys were the perfect people to talk about efficiencies because you have such a good glimpse into the inefficient ways sometimes Mm -hmm. designers work and suggestions on how we could really tighten up and streamline our processes. So that's kind of the focus of today's conversation, but who knows where it's going to go. Yes, that's right.
2: You never know. <laughs> you never know. We usually get off on some sort of tangent, but yeah. Yeah. we'll try yeah. and focus for you today. Well, thing.
0: let's be honest. Usually there's martinis
3: involved. <laughs> <I think>. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is
0: true. That this is true. This is
3: giving away all of our secrets.
0: Right. So we are going to have a sober conversation today. Oh, boy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. First of all, has the industry changed? You see that a lot. Every other panel... At a high point was changing industry, fear, fear, fear. Has it changed? What's changed about it? And what do you guys think is going to happen going forward? It definitely
3: has changed. Everything's always changing. But what we've noticed, I would say in the last three or four years is significant change. And I would say that the biggest change would be in how designers are shopping for product and less custom works being done.
0: So are right. they? Is it because they're going online to shop for products? So they're not coming to trade showrooms? Is that does that is that all of it? Is that how it wraps out?
2: I um,
3: don't, uh, go ahead, Jen.
2: I don't think it's uh, n- uh, necessarily all shopping online, but they're definitely shopping retail. Uh, there's a need for them to do things a lot faster, and uh, they're looking for finished product
3: really right so So as an example they wouldn't be they wouldn't be coming into the showroom to source a fabric and then going to a furniture manufacturer for a sofa frame and pairing the two they are just going straight to the retailer buying a sofa looking at the 10 fabric options and selecting one of those and that's that's how they're that's how they're you know specifying a sofa for a project
0: Wow. I would say there's definitely a customer for that, but what a what a missed opportunity for those designers who want to do something custom, right? Uh, my clients don't want to walk into their neighbor's house and see the exact same furniture that they have in their home, which means I can't shop at Restoration Hardware because they can do that without me. So exactly. why would I do that?
3: Right. Totally agree with you.
2: Yeah, we totally agree with you. And I think there is a lot of, uh, and again, we can only speak to our our market here. But there is actually a lot of. I want what my neighbor has. Mm.
0: Okay, yeah. so there's safety in going with something that's tried and true. That's that is really true. And but I would say that you know, obviously, I only speak for me, but that's not my customer. Um, nice. And if that That's is your customer, then I can understand why you'd want to do you know, exactly that. I think there are also a number of companies out there advertising to designers about how to take the heavy lifting, the burden of doing all that cumbersome paperwork off the designer's plate and... In exchange, those companies take all the margin. So there's a lot of messaging out there that it's not really worthwhile to even worry about product and margin, that there's really no money there. Let -hmm. us handle it for you. Don't bother your pretty little head. And I think that's tragic because I know in my office, we make as much on product as we do on fees. So for some people listening who are happy with where their fees are, when I say you could double that amount of profit in your pocket every year by doing a better job at procuring furniture, et cetera, for clients, they're really shocked and surprised and they almost don't believe it.
3: Um, that We have conversations with the de- designers yes. Yes. all the time about yes. about... about how they charge. I mean, yes, you know, I I made a, a funny list here of some of the stories that we hear about. And one of the recent stories that we heard in our showroom is cli- the designer was in our showroom with her clients shopping for furniture and her lovely clients, lovely designer, her clients left. And uh, I've, I've known the designer for many, many years. And I, and I curiously said, you know, cause typically she doesn't do styling projects. So, I, you know, I said, oh, you know, she said, oh, I did, I did these clients home, uh, a long time ago. And so now they want some furniture and they've called me back. So, um, I said, well, you know, can I ask, how do you charge when you are working on a project like this? And she said, well, I either will do hourly fees or I will, uh, do a percentage of markup on the product. And I said, okay, so it's one or the other. And she said, yeah. And I said, and, and with these particular clients, which which route did they decide to go? And she said, um, actually, oh, I need to circle back with them. We haven't really finalized that.
0: <gasps>
3: Does that just make you want to just grab her uh- by the shoulders and shake her? <laughs> like I mean that, but that's not an no, unusual story. That's no. what's scary to us. That, that yeah, is that's
2: terrifying. a normal story. Yeah, that's a normal story. So normal what
3: I don't story. know
0: is Vancouver an anomaly because real estate is so off the charts. Are people are consumers house poor? Are they spending three million dollars on a little condo, and then there is no money left over to furnish? And then the designers are. Ignoring that, right? And doing it after the fact. And by the way, you're calling furnishing the entire house top to bottom styling. We don't call that styling. We call pillows and throws styling. The rest we call design or decorating. So, one of the things I can't recommend enough, and of course, I'm sure it's going to fall on some deaf ears when you do a presentation for a new build, present Everything at the same yeah. time yeah, present the house finishes yeah the hardware for the doorknobs and all that kind of stuff, but present a sofa too, because what good is a $3 million condo when you're sitting on lawn chairs for five years?
2: Yeah. And that's the, that's where I was going to take it is, is the simple fact that uh, it's not the styling or the decorating is not being discussed as part of the overall budget when people are talking about a, a renovation and I'm sorry, but you cannot renovate the entire house and then just move everything back in and shame on everybody for not having that conversation about holding some of that money back. Uh, so that it's it becomes part of the big picture.
0: I would say we're not even holding money back. Don't even think of it that way. Do it at the exact same time, and I then you talk about the budget oh, yeah. all at yeah. once. If yeah. I presented just the finishing and fixtures of the home to clients... It would be a substantial purchase. And when they bought that, they might feel that they were done. And now you just have to furnish, says me in air quotes. Yeah. yeah. Instead, if I present everything, it's even a bigger figure. But at least yeah. at the end of the job, they have a
2: beautiful home to enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. You're right.
0: And you're there's just the right. things
3: that have to be made along the way. And, and yes sometimes it might mean that you know the whole master bath cannot be clad in marble because that's going to you know throw everything off the bu- the original budget um and and but we see that happen i think a lot where those decisions get made along the way that change the scope of the budget and then the clients don't have that money in the budget anymore for um the furnishings
0: i would say that We do our clients a disservice when we don't show them everything at once and allow them to get over the sticker shock and decide where they want to make compromises. Because the fact of the matter is, if the client spends all their money and marble clads the walls, as you say in the master en suite, Yvonne, but then doesn't have money for a sofa, I don't think that's going to feel very good. I would rather show them everything all at once, including the marble clad walls. And then if they say, oh my gosh, we have to cut back $100,000. Great let's lose the marble clad walls. And the client can decide how important those walls are. But most clients won't say, let's lose the sofa in the living room. (laughs) Like, come on, you got to have something to sit on. So there's two things we're talking about um, having to do with the industry changing. And I think it comes down to the fact that we're perhaps letting the tail wag the dog Yes, things are changing, but we still don't allow the consumer to tell us how to run our business. Here's how I run my business. If you want to work with me, I'm going to present the whole house top to bottom. And then you can decide if you want to break it down into phases and just do the build first, but at least you'll know what part two the furniture is going to cost.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very valuable. Wow. And And I don't... And we're for some reason, I feel that the design community... Is afraid to present that part of it. And I don't know, I just cannot put my finger on what that fear is about because uh, maybe they're afraid that they're not going to make enough money on putting it together. Um, uh, Maybe they're afraid of the sticker shock, but it's funny how they're not afraid of the sticker shock of the the re- renovation or the rebuild, and all the expensive faucets and marble and things like that. But for some reason, they're afraid of the uh, decorating side of it. It just there's a lot of fear around presenting that side. Yeah. Maybe it's confidence.
3: Maybe one of, it's- well, one of one of my theories around that is is the back to the word efficiencies. I think that when it comes to the renovation, the new build you have to have your team in place. You, you, can't, you can't do that part of a project and not have your team in place. So you've got your contractor, you've got your electrician, you've got your tile setter, you've got your painter, you've got your, your A team, as Kimberly likes to call it, um, which, which we subscribe to. Um, you've got them in place. When it comes to the design and decorating, the furnishings, I think that it's, it's a ton, we all know it's a ton of work. Um, but I think what gets missed is is they don't systemize it. We don't we we don't have the same systems in place. We don't have an A team in place. So wow. what we see all the time is designers who will run all over town. Um, these are stories that that are to, from the mouth of babes. Like I I had to go to four different Home Sense stores to find the same sleeping pillows for my client um oh and then while i was at one of those stores i found a lamp that would be perfect for their for their living room but they only had one so then i had to go back to the other home sense to see if they had another one um these are stories we hear all the time and we just kind of shake our heads and go i i I just don't get it first of all who pays for that time how are you getting paid for that time oh they're not billing for that time no exactly So So, who's who's winning here? I don't
0: I I would I mean you might think the client is winning, but I don't even think the client is winning,
2: quite frankly. You're absolutely right, actually. I don't think they're winning either. I think we're we're
0: doing them a disservice if we don't bring them our very best every time. And an A team has to include your suppliers and your vendors. I go back over and over and over again to the same suppliers who make me look good every single time. Yes. Yes, every time those
3: relationships, just like you have a relationship with with your A team on the build side. That's it's so important.
0: Absolutely. Like, I, you know, there's a thousand places I can buy a sofa, but if I know that this shop makes a perfect custom sofa every single time and will phone us up when our paperwork forgets to specify something critically important mm-hmm. and verify that information before they build the sofa incorrectly. I'm going to, of course, go back to that supplier every single time. So an A-team is not just plumber and electrician. An A-team is where you buy your fabric. It's who makes your sofas. It's your moving company. It's the people who hang your artwork. Wow, what a missed opportunity. And again, I'm just so curious if you're listening and you're not in Vancouver, is this resonating with you or is this something that's happening because of
2: an out of control real estate market? I just wonder. No, I don't I don't think it's no. This has been we have been in this business for 10 years. Mm-hmm. This is this has been a thread all the way through those 10 years.
3: Yeah. Wow, the really the years that we've had layers and layers. Yeah. yeah. Both Sharon and I go back longer than ten years. Yeah, um, right. In the design industry. So no, I th- I think Sharon's. I agree. I, it's not about the current um, real estate value or anything. It's it's just really about how a, a project is approached and and doing the whole project. I mean, I think what you said earlier yeah. is so key. It's present the whole thing. That's what is going to provide the client with the best value.
0: Well, somebody, I think what Sharon said, um, there might be a couple of reasons they don't do that. I'm wondering if, and this is a gross generalization, but in general... The if there's a male and female um, husband and wife in general, my experience is that husbands are really comfortable with the expense of building and things that are fixed to the house and a little bit less comfortable with furniture and furnishings. I'm wondering if, if that's a factor. And then I'm also wondering... If that is a factor, then it makes so much sense to present it all at once, yes. so both of them can see the finished product and make a decision about how it's going to end. Yes,
2: yes, and I and I would have to say that once it's interesting for me because I would say that once a husband or a partner, let's use the word partner, uh, uh, understands uh, and and uh, luxury is actually willing to pay for the luxury. They're the ones who will be uh, uncompromising when it comes to things like sheets and comfort and towels and just the general niceties in life. They will pay more for that. So uh, all they need is a little bit of education and all they need is a little bit of tactile and a little bit of showing. uh, A little bit of uh, knowledge goes a long way uh, with a with a man
0: wow it's um i just had a conversation yesterday with two clients and we're proposing um some patio heaters uh, that are going to be hardwired into a covered porch area for them. And the expense is great because the panel is maxed and we need to run a new line for electricity uh, in order to do them, or we need to do propane gas heaters. Um, either way, the expense is really great. And right away, they were thinking like, let's just not do it. It's just you know $24,000. It's a lot of money. Let's not do it. And that's a moment where I completely understand if you're a young designer and you don't have confidence, you might go, okay. But instead what I said, I I want you to think about this for a minute. We are adding 20% of living space to your home. This investment will allow you to use 20% of your living space three months longer out of the year. Are you sure it's not worth adding three months to yeah. this best feature of your home, are you sure? And they turned around and said, "Yes, we do." And then we went back, and and they we they were also going to add a new window to a basement bedroom. Not even a basement bedroom, a best basement playroom for the kids, and and it was almost the same much, uh, amount of money as the patio heaters. And he said, "If you want to make cuts, let's cut the window. And you know what's going to happen in there. They're going to play video games. They're never going to look out a basement window. So like." <laughs> (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to have an opinion with your clients and say, I strongly think you
2: should make this purchase now. Yeah. But what I think I, I, I hit on something quite important a minute ago, and that is that it's the knowledge. And that's where a lot of the fear of selling through decorating comes from because they don't have the knowledge to sell through it like they do with their, uh, uh, hard surfaces, right? They're familiar with that. And the decor side is unknown. Who has the knowledge? The A-team. Your 18 has the knowledge. Exactly. I
0: rely really heavily on my best suppliers. Um, Frankly, they do a lot of work for me. So for example, if I use you guys, I will send you a furnishing schedule and I will say, I need these 10 light fixtures. Here's what the project looks like. This is the vibe. It's similar to another project we did together Um, remember those, you know, light fixtures we did from visual comfort. She loved those. This other client will love those too, but obviously I don't want to repeat. So I can dump that on you guys. You come back to me with a fully finished, um, presentation that shows the product, the pricing, the delivery time. It takes me 15 minutes to go through what you've sent me and choose 10 light fixtures for my client. It would take me a whole lot longer if I was running around to HomeSense or TJ Maxx or Target, as they say in <laughs> Australia, to, to do the same thing, right? I get paid, yeah, yeah. the client wins, you guys win, everybody's happy. So yes. yeah. there is yeah. this kind of idea that I, you know, when I started out, certainly I had it, I have to do everything myself. I have to know everything. Not at all. I can't possibly oh, mm-hmm. know more than my suppliers know about what they're selling me.
3: Yeah, about twenty years ago, I attended a the d- design show in, in the, at the Seattle Design Center, and the speaker um, was a well-known designer. Um, maybe, maybe not Kimberly Seldon, I'm not. I can't remember. Um, and <laughs> and she she eloquently explained. She said, when you go to your doctor and you're, you know, you're not you're not feeling well, your doctor you know, we'll say, oh, you've got the flu, you've got a cold. But it, as soon as something more serious comes into play, a good doctor is going to refer you to a specialist.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That's that. That's their A-team. And I was thinking this through yesterday in as I was prepping my notes for today, and I thought about window coverings. My background uh, was heavily in window coverings before, I, uh, before Sharon and I started Layers and Layers. And I thought about the fact that, you know, 20 years ago, When we were designers in this industry, we had a choice between vertical and horizontal blinds. There it is, folks, that's your options. And today, when you think about not even soft window coverings, just hard window coverings, and you think about the options, the plethora of of selection, and it's no longer just you have this or that. And in order, as a designer today, in order to offer your clients window coverings, you you need to dig in educate yourself mm-hmm. and that sounds simple enough but the but the issue is you need to do that with every product category and it's impossible today with the technology with advancements i mean just in fiber content and it, it's 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 too much it, yeah. and so you need your a team and so you need window covering specialists you and you need that in every area
0: And then you don't dictate to them, this is what we're going to do, right? I tell them the mandate, it has to have total privacy. Um, I don't want to block the view during the day, even though there's intense sunlight. So I wait for that blind specialist to say to me, oh, then you need this sort of mesh. It should be in a black color instead of a white color, because then you'll be able to see through it, et cetera. Um, I just have to give my suppliers the information I have, and then I can better serve my customers.
3: Yes, yes, Yes. exactly. And that's where, you know, again, I'll bring it up, the word efficiencies, right? That's what makes you, and it adds so much value to what you bring to the table for your client. That's what your client needs you for. Yeah. The relationships you have in the industry and and that you bring those relationships to the table.
0: We've been doing seminars uh, at Layers and Layers in Vancouver, you know, probably for 10 years, I would say. And certainly some designers have gotten it and gotten it in a big way and are running extremely profitable businesses. Yes. But there are still those designers who operate in a level of fear for whatever reason and don't want to present... whole house top to bottom, if only we could explain to them how much easier it is once you develop the discipline to really focus and get it all done, how much easier it is in the long run and how much more beneficial it is
2: to their customers. Oh my gosh, it's yes. What they were bringing to the table would set them apart from almost everybody else in the city. And there are, like you say, there are those who have finally gotten it and they found their A-team and wherever that may be for them, it's, what they're taking to their clients is amazing. And they must be so proud of themselves that they are able to bring it all. Mm -hmm.
0: Tell me some other things that you've seen designers do in terms of not being
3: efficient that has just made you say, what? What? Oh gosh! <laughs> um, I think one of the things that I hear a lot, and and we and then we get involved in, is the designer who spends hours scouring the internet for product, oh. but they're not necessarily on supplier websites. They're on Pinterest. They're on Instagram. They're on. They're just. They're just, and it's they spend hours. And again, I always question who's that's not billable time. You know, it's not billable time. Um, and then they'll send us a photo. They'll find, let's say it's a table. They'll send us a photo of a table. There's no information about that table. And they'll say, I I'm looking for something similar to this table for my project. Do you have anything? And it, it kind of always makes me smile because what is similar to that table? Like we have no idea of the scope of your project. We have not been in the your, your client's home. So How big does it have to be? How much, how liberal can we be with what we think is similar to that table? And I always, it, 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 I always find that it, it ends up being a waste of time for everyone involved, the designer, the homeowner, and, and for us as, as a potential supplier, because that's just to me, not how you should be sourcing product and the hours wasted it again, you know, the efficiency that. So wouldn't it be so I... much better to show up at uh,
0: your trade supplier showroom with your floor plans, with measurements, yes, with any kind of inspiration photo you have that explains what you're trying to accomplish, Yes. book a four hour appointment. That's part yeah. of the problem too. We don't give ourselves enough time. We're rushing from job to job to job, but yes. book a four hour appointment and say, before I leave today, I would like to select all the case goods for the entire house top to bottom. Can yeah. you yes. help me?
2: Yes. That's doable. Yeah. Well, that's absolutely doable. And we would be thrilled to sit down with someone and go through that process with them. Exactly. And we can also, booking that time with us, we can we know our product inside and out. Mm-hmm. So we can quickly put our hands on what we think would be good and supply all the information and all the specs for
3: you. Yeah, we can get there pretty quick and make it quite
0: efficient. Yeah. And then that's billable time.
3: That's billable time because at the end of four
0: hours, you selected all the hard furnishings for a house top to bottom. Clients understand that's a reasonable amount of time. And not only have you selected, but now you've got pricing, delivery time. You've got all the information you need to put that into a client estimate, to put it into your presentation image documents and move on to the next thing, whatever it is.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I have a great story the other day. This one cracked me up. It was a designer that uh, only ever uses is when she's in a panic. And she comes in and she hadn't seen our new division, which is Layers Home, which is all set up uh, uh, as as a little mini home. And she was kind of blown away but she also was running all over the place and getting super excited about all the products that she saw and then she said to me she said oh I'd like a price on this I want a picture of it and I want a price on this this and this and so I said okay no problem and then she says and I I've got 10 minutes left because I'm meeting my clients in half an hour and then she goes, oh no I've got five because I'm meeting them in 25 minutes and could you get all that information so that I have it for the presentation <laughs> and could you? Help, and let's. I need to pick a dark blue velvet before I go.
0: Wow. Yeah. So you know what the thing is? It's just you. C- it's clear to me that that person doesn't have any systems and protocols running her business. None. And I used None. to be so. There's no judgment. I mean, that was me. No. That, no. That's the story of me. Every time I came into a showroom, I'm sure they went, "Oh, great, another decorator." who wants it all in five minutes, but doesn't actually know what it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So there's solutions for all of these things, but one of the solutions, one of the things that will change your life as a small business owner is to rely on people you can trust who will make you look good every single time, but you have to give them the information they need.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you're saying, Kimberly, the systems, um, to allow yourself the time necessary to properly pull everything together so that when you're meeting that client in 25 minutes, um, you have a professional presentation. I, I also see designers a lot of times will take a photo of something in our showroom and they'll, and they'll fire it off to their client via text or a quick email Mm -hmm. uh, and say, what do you think of this? How about this for this room? And and they'll they'll they piece everything that way, and um, the that's that's just I think overwhelming for the client. Um, difficult to get any decisions made. How can the client visualize that one piece when you're not giving them the full picture of of yes. what the space is going to look like? Um, we see that a lot. Um,
0: I used to do that. I used to do that. And I thought, well, then the client knows I'm out working on her behalf. And this is the truth for me, and it's somewhat embarrassing to admit this. I didn't have the confidence to make the decision on the client's behalf. So I want her to make the decision. And then if it was wrong and it didn't look good, I could say, well, the client picked it. Yeah. And in fact, the client's actually hiring me to make those decisions. And (laughs) I can't, if you just show me a sofa and I don't know what the rest of the room looks like, I'm not 100% sure it's the right sofa because I could fall in, let's say I fall in love with a curved sofa. It's spectacular. I love it. It's absolutely perfect. I say, yes, that's the sofa. If I'm not paying attention, I might turn around and pick a curved tub chair and they're going to look silly together. Like, don't yeah. do that. So yeah. I need to see everything laid out all together before I'm positive I'm making the right choices. Yeah. We had this conversation when I was in Australia that designers kind of admitted after a weekend together um, that, that they keep their fees low as a way of lowering expectations. In terms oh of my. their customers, right? If my, oh my fee is low and something goes wrong, they can't really be too mad at me. Wow. So we do the we shoot ourselves in the foot all the time um, by trying to exonerate ourselves from the responsibility. When in fact, if you're if you own a business, you are the person responsible. Period. End of discussion. It doesn't matter who you try to pass it off to. You are the person responsible.
2: Yes. Yes. And that's a very interesting, um, that's a very interesting story. And I actually think that that, that I, that kind of resonated with me because I think that that goes on everywhere. I think you're absolutely right about that. Or they've, or their honesty is the truth. That is the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, we also it also came up the, that same weekend that people would send their clients a sofa to get confirmation as a way of making them themselves feel like they were on the right track I want the client to affirm that I'm going in the right direction uh, but what it does for the client is it Makes the client feel uncomfortable, like suddenly they're making decisions that they thought you were going to make. Not that they're not right. ultimately going right. to have the final decision on everything, but again, it's just like going to a trade showroom with not enough information. You have to also give enough information to the client so they can be confident in their choice.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Knowledge is key. Yeah. And what Yvonne and I always say is, book some, to bring your client in. We've got everything that they can sit on. We've got everything that they can, you know, get the right depth and all those kind of things. And we will stay with you and we will act as your knowledge. So you tell them what you want and what you're looking at and come in with us beforehand and let's go through the whole thing together. But then when you come in, you take charge. It's your client and I'm there as your knowledge base. And I'm there as your expert so that I can help you talk it through with your client.
0: Such a good point because let's say I brought my client into a showroom to look at bedding and she says, well, what's the fabric content of this bedding? I don't have to know that off the top of my head. No. I can turn to my supplier and allow Mm -hmm. that person to answer the question with more knowledge and more authority. And then by the way, guess what? I learn a ton.
2: Yes.
3: Yeah. And I think the fear there is for the designer is that that they don't look like a professional or that they don't they feel maybe insecure because oh I don't know the answer to that question when mm. I, you know Kimberly you've always said this and I it 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 resonated with me a long time ago um, the more that you lay out who you are how your business operates and what the rules of engagement are with your client in the in the first initial meeting then if ever the client questions, oh, you didn't know the answer to that. Let's say a client spit that out to you. Oh, you don't know the answer to that. You can say, no, I don't. And that's why I have these guys in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Clients don't really expect us to know how to hardwire a lamp. We have no problem saying we have to go to somebody who knows how to do that. And yet mm-hmm. somehow we make up in our minds that we're supposed to know all these other things that we can't possibly know, right? Yeah. I yeah. now understand that it's my job to know who to ask. That's yes. all. I just have yeah. to know who to ask. Yes. So let's talk a little bit, first of all, a trade showroom. We're talking about a resource where you can go as a design professional or Work with professionals who understand your constraints and how you, you operate and provide you with product at a wholesale price that you can then turn around and sell to customers and make a profit. That's a very different business model than going through one of these dot-com big box supplier places and ordering furniture, et cetera, cheaply, right?
2: Well, let's just be clear on the, what our trade showroom is. Our trade showroom is uh, fabrics and papers uh, at wholesale pricing. Our layers home division is uh, a set at a retail price, less a trade discount. So we allow you to make money uh, on the wholesale side by specifying fabrics And you should at least double that. That's the expectation in the industry. And uh, on our retail side, it's retail less a discount. And uh, we still work business to business that way. So you keep the discount, um, but you have the opportunity to uh, bill back to your client at the retail price.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Um, it's, it's a one-stop resource for not everything, but many things. Most towns, most communities, most big city centers anyway, have a design resource of some type. It yes. varies you know, widely depending on where you live, but it's definitely worthwhile using a resource like that. So you can go to one place to do many things.
2: Exactly, Kimberly. And some of the things that we are uh, very efficient at, because this is all about efficiencies, but one of the things that we're, or a number of things, is our advice. And both the, uh, Yvonne and I have been uh, interior designers professionally as well. So we speak your language. You understand what you guys are asking and what your needs are and uh, all the way through. Uh, So advice, sales, we can help you with uh, a lot of your purchases. Uh, We actually have a specialist who does purchasing, logistics, delivery, and storage.
0: And then in terms of um, producing that presentation for your clients and sticker shock, what would you say to those designers about sticker shock?
3: I, I think you know one of the things that we see on a regular basis is the homeowners when they're asked about budget, many times that's a that's a very difficult question for them to answer because in 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 a lot of cases you know they haven't they haven't purchased furnishings for their home for fifteen years and so here they are and you're asking them what their budget is and you know recently we were we were working with a designer and her her clients were in and they're doing a a massive renovation and you know again as you said Kimberly right the the money that's being justified on blasting out the wall and adding a master suite and uh landscaping to deal to deal with that and Um, all of that. And then, and then the designer said to, to them, okay, so, you know, what is your budget for the, for the interior furnishings? And um, they were looking at doing their master bedroom and uh, living room and dining room. And the husband very seriously said, um, "Mm, thinking somewhere between 10 and Mm $15,000. Yeah. And, and, he, you know, he was being very serious, and it it was difficult for that cut for that designer. I could see them really struggle with how am I gonna how am I gonna break this to them. So we did, yeah. <laughs> and and he admitted that he just had no idea. He just, I would pick one piece of furniture
0: that the customer wants to own. In that case, uh, you could it could be a sofa it could be an area carpet and say terrific let's go online what's your favorite store where would you buy a sofa and probably it's a it's a consumer they're not a designer they're going to say something like restoration hardware great right. let's look at sofas at restoration hardware huh 6000 7000 dollars <laughs> uh, so there's half your budget you're going to have a sofa oh but wait we have to deliver it right so yeah. there's freight yeah. and shipping <laughs> and delivery yeah. Um, and I have to go down there and choose the fabric, or we just yeah. pick it online and hope for the best. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. now have three thousand dollars left. Should we just, uh, you know, do you want a coffee table or an end table? Like how? how <laughs> right. It's just. It's. We have I know for me I had such fear about talking about money, but when I put it back on the customer, when they have an and when they have a perspective about budget that is just so unrealistic, put it right back on them, terrific. Let's go online. Let's pick an area carpet. I, I told this story recently. One a client I had many years ago. I loved her. Her name's Shania. Um it's not Shania Twain, but she says Shania. She met Shania Twain before her name was Shania. So you guys figure out if that <laughs> may have something to do. Anyway, Shania, I love her so much. She had a condominium and she she scheduled a consultation and said her budget was $10,000 to furnish the whole condominium. And it was a very small condominium. And I'm looking around and it was, you know, back then maybe a million and a half, $2 million for this condo on the water in Toronto. Terrific. I say we finished the consultation. We have like 45 minutes left. And I'm like, you know what? It occurs to me, you, have, you want to spend $10,000 on the condo. You want an area carpet in the condo the, for the living room, right? Yeah. There is a carpet store not too far from here. Why don't we use the rest of our time and pop over to that carpet store and let's see if we can find you a carpet. And this is many years ago before I had all my systems. I wouldn't do this now, but this is what happened. We went to the area carpet store. She fell in love with a carpet that was the perfect size. It was $15,000. She <laughs> bought it on the spot. And then I said, now about your $10,000 budget. And she goes, yeah, I know. I didn't know what to say, right? They just don't know.
2: They They just don't don't know. know.
0: And so my job is not to work to an unrealistic budget. My job is to take the consumer's wish list and price it for them at a reasonable cost, Yes, you know, taking into account where they live, the type of furnishings they're used to living with, what kind of cars yes. they drive, what, what's their vacation style like, right? If if it's a person who's got a Range Rover in the driveway and they just got back from skiing in Aspen and you bring them a crappy $1,000 sofa, they're not going to like it and they're going to complain about it. Right. So you you do have to do some sleuthing and determine a budget that's reasonable, but then I bring them the whole budget and of course it's going to be sticker shock, of course there is. Let that resonate with them. Let it absorb. And then let the client tell you what they don't want. Right. Yes. Right? right. Yes. Nine times out of yes. 10, they'll take all of it, even though it's a crazy number. Just yes. the same way we go shop for a car and I look at that sticker shock and I think, oh my gosh, I would never spend that
2: much for a car. And three hours later, I'm signing the paperwork. <laughs>
0: right
3: exactly
2: like, exactly it happens all the time we if we want something we'll find a way
0: yes um and I think it's the designers actually it's our fault that we're not offering yes. those items oh. to the customer we're robbing the client of an opportunity to live with a quality home
2: yes we are yeah. we sure are
0: gosh we still and have that's why it's so important so to present Yes. All of that at the beginning.
2: Present yes. everything at once. We still yes. have
0: so much to do. Our work is not done.
2: Our work, I know. <laughs> we have so much more to say. We could go deep.
0: We could <laughs> go deep. Okay, so your dream customer, you guys are a trade resource for yes. designers in some yes. cases. What is your dream customer, your dream designer look like? How does that person approach you? What do they bring to you so that you can do your best work?
3: Well, I think the key for for me would be that they come to us with the project early. They they book time. They let us know they're coming in. Um, they ask us to book off some time to meet with them to review. So I would I would like them to see see us right after they have a contract signed with their client. Um, and then we can lay out sort of a plan of attack of, of, you know, how much time do we think it's going to take to source? Um, And then what they bring, I mean, as much as possible, of course, uh, their vision board, floor plans, pictures of the space. Um, You know, we can't physically stand in the space. We don't go to clients' homes with designers. So the more of that that they can bring us, um, elevation photos, uh, and, and a clear... A clear understanding of, you know, the look that they want, that they're trying to achieve and a good understanding of who their client is. That's very helpful as well. Yes. And I would like like to add to that, that I would, for
2: me, I'd like to know that they've had the conversation about budget with the client and that they have sort of an idea of what that budget is so that we can also source the right product for them and the right fit.
0: Okay, so so going back to that then, what I say to the clients is, I actually don't know how much it's going to cost to furnish your whole house. My job is to take down a scope of work. You give me your wish list. I'm going to go price all of those things, and then yeah. you're in charge. It's your home. It's your money. You get to decide how much of those things you want to purchase. My job, though, is not to get a, an unrealistic fake job budget and then go around town trying to find inferior product that matches the budget right so right. so if you ask me what the budget is i would say i could for example say well i can see that they're used to living with <laughs> sofas that are 3 4000 dollars or 5000 $6,000, right. right? There's the right. budget. A sofa $6,000. Let's go from right. there. Like That's, yeah. that's what I yeah. can tell you about the budget. Is it going to be $100,000 or $250,000 to purchase all the furniture for the house? I don't know yet. We're going to do the math as we go along.
3: Yeah. Right. I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah.
0: Okay. So basically we're just not using our design resources oh. as well as we could. And that goes back to efficiencies again. Don't work so hard, designers. Rely on your A-team to do some of the heavy lifting. They will make you look good every single time.
2: Yeah. Agreed.
0: And Mm -hmm. I just want to throw this one thing out there too. We have used Layers and Layers and other design resources in the past. We always ask them to estimate how much time it took them to pull together all of our sourcing. And we do bill that time to clients. So we actually
2: make money
0: using design
2: resources and you should too, everybody. Yes. Yeah. We do that all the time.
0: When am I coming to Vancouver? We got to make this happen, ladies.
2: I don't know. Anytime. We'd love to have you. When are you coming?
0: And Tofino and Victoria and I have a list. And Wine Country. Ah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We like to end every episode with design intervention. One piece of actionable advice that you want to impart to the listeners, something that they could do right now, this minute that would really change their life or something that helped you in business?
3: Well, it's probably, I'm probably repeating myself, but I would say, get to know your A team. Yeah. That's really great advice is get to know your A
2: team and don't be afraid to admit what you're not good at and look for the pros to fill in those gaps.
0: Excellent advice as usual. All right, you guys, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank
1: Thank you you.
2: very much. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy a free introductory course which includes three business of design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a business of design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.